Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. This is part two of a message by my spirit, and I want to I'm going to recap some things that we discussed last week. I believe God's stirring some things up in this church. I believe the Lord gave me a mission and a commission that it is time to lead this church into a place of the Spirit of God that all of us have not been before because I want you to know that the Spirit of God has some things that I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord or not, you have untapped potential, which means you've never been there before. And there is, a, there, are, there are, is a wonder and an awe of God. You know, we will continue to increase in the presence of the Lord that never stops until you see him face to face. And I bet you even then it doesn't stop. There's, of course, we have epiphany and a reality that's different in the spirit and when we see him face to face. But I'm telling you, right now, there are things that you have not tapped into that you can unlock and it's by his spirit. I would never want to be in a position where I'm not a carrier of the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost having that dwelling within me and operating within me. We don't need to be a dead church. We talked about that last week. My goal is to stir you spiritually that you would really pursue God with your entire heart because that's how you tap into the spirit. Let me tell you something. When you start to get into the spirit of God, he starts to reveal things to you that do not please him, that you either cut out and omit in your life or you sacrifice the anointing. Amen. We don't like to hear that because, oh, well, the gifts are without repentance. I always hear that. Yeah, the gifts are, but the anointing's not. You want the anointing. You want to be covered in the oil of his spirit. And we talked about this last week. If you could put up that picture up on the screen, we talked about the, uh, the Zechariah, the, the prophecy in the Old Testament about the New Testament. And we covered this pictorial, which I know a lot of you online can't see the picture, and I'm sorry about that. But we've got the, the, the seven lamps and the bowl and the olive trees, and that represents the presence of the Lord, the olive trees, that is pouring into the bowl and fueling the flame. And that represents, in this case, Holy Spirit, the presence of God, and unlocked potential that we can get into. Yes. Now, I want to encourage you, never has there been a time. That's why I switched the worship list on the spot today about intimacy with God. We sang more intimate. More intimate. Jesus, Jesus, you're my friend forever. And we're going to go over that today. We should seek God because we desire God. And you know what God has been doing in my life over the past five years, if I could just give a testimony, is bringing me to a place where I need dependence on him and can't survive without him. If you could survive without God, you're not in the spirit, you're in the flesh. And you are not connected to the olive tree and your bowl will run empty and you will grow weary. That's the end result of that. And you will spiritually dry up and die. And I want to encourage you to command your spirit to attention this morning that if you would get these principles and dive into the oil of his presence and the oil of his word, you will see things become much less difficult when you get into the spirit and you no longer have to strive, but you just rest in the presence of God. Amen. I want to tell you this, and I'll get into the notes in a minute, but this week... Uh, I, I dealt with a lot 
of grief and a lot of news from various churches that I was a part of in the past. Liz and I had a, a really sad story, a girl that we, we were her youth pastor, and she just lost both of her parents to COVID. The, her parents, ironically, are our age. She's 19 um, or around there, a little older maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but we just got that news, and, and then watching the news and all the things going on in the world, and man is the enemy trying to take the breath and knock the wind out of the church right now. And we're going to talk about how to make sure you don't get the wind, the pneuma of God knocked out of you. Because you can't. How many of you know that the church cannot be crushed? The church cannot be crushed. Scripture says, well, we know how this ends. Right now, I want to just bring to your attention by the Spirit what's going on. We've got, first, let's just rewind and go over the year a little bit. Let's just recap over the past two years for that matter. First, it started with racial division. We've got, we've got racial division and the, the enemies trying to divide in that area. Then we've got maskers versus no maskers. And then we've got vaccinations versus no vaccinations. And everybody's arguing and everybody's fighting. I, I, I'm here to tell the devil, I know what you're up to. Because if you could keep a nation and a church, and not in that order, a church and a nation divided, you kill revival. And you kill an awakening. But how many of you know when we mature and we see things through the eyes of the Spirit, we connect to the olive tree and we let him fill our bowl and we stay in the Spirit, things will change. United we stand, divided we fall. You want a Pentecost? We've got to unite. Life doesn't work well, guys, without God at the center of it. The goal of this series is that we'll be more desperate for God than ever before. You know, the church has lost our desperation for God. We ain't desperate for God. We do our little 20-minute production of worship. We have a powerless service many times. And look, I'm not picking on any church. I'm just saying we're all struggling with this. We got to get under the oil and stop this professional church thing and just lay under the Spirit of God, the, the spout where His glory comes out, and let Him forever change us. I want messy church. Anybody want messy church? I want church where there's signs, wonders, and miracles and deliverance. I was thinking about it. We were going through the funeral home. Uh, we were at a funeral home. We, we did a funeral, and the funeral director found out I was a pastor, and he said, hey, do you want me to give you a tour? And I'm thinking this means I'm going to see the chapel and all this stuff. And he went back, and I realized when I was going back into this hallway that I was on my way to see the embalming room. And I went, no, no. I don't want to go back there. You go, why are you mentioning this? This is the second week I'm talking about this. And I stopped him. I said, I don't want to see that. I do not want to see that. I don't have the anointing. That's your gifting. That's your anointing, not mine. And the Lord said to me, what are you going to do when there's dead bodies brought into the church and you pray over them and they get up and walk out? Are you going to be afraid? Or are you going to celebrate what I just did, the miracle I just did? How many of you know, I believe we could see young babies, stillborns brought into the church and pray on them and see them live. I believe we're going to see that. Listen, I, I have a stake in the ground. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see the dead raised. I'm going to see it. And when it happens, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Wow. Last week, we referenced that prophecy in, in Zechariah, again, where we were talking about the olive trees. We learned last week that spirit is an important word. It's interpreted differently in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I went into the Hebrew word ruach. Kind of sound like you have popcorn stuck in the back of your throat. The New Testament, pneuma, it's where you get the words, the root word, pneuma, pneumonia, 
which points to breath. Pneumonia is a breath problem. And we talked about how the pneuma, that's the New Testament word. It's the spirit, it's the wind, it's the oil of God. We established last week that God always intended for us to live a life-empowered, or as the New Testament says, a spirit-filled life. We need something beyond our ability, something beyond our power. Aren't you so glad that it's beyond my ability and it's beyond my power? Amen. You know, I, I, it was funny, Graydon, um, you know, I, we had a, a thing. Where's Graydon? There you are. Um, this morning, I had a bass player who got sick and called out, and um, it was around 5 in the morning. I woke up and I'm going somewhere with this because you're probably, you're, I'm always, I've been, this is like the third service I've been talking about. God's been doing some things with, with Graydon and I in conversation. And uh, the bass player said, I can't be there. And, and I, I woke up and I was like, mm -mm, what am I going to do? I guess we could play tracks. And the Holy Spirit said, Graydon's going to play. Go back to bed. I have a hard time surrendering when God says, trust me, don't worry about it. I have a hard time with that. My mind goes, but, 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 and, and the, no, go, go back to bed. Liz, I, I woke Liz up actually about it. I was like, hey, we, my bass player just called out five in the morning. My phone goes off. And, and great, and I believe it was by the spirit because I believe you were supposed to be here today. Your whole family so glad y'all are here. Thank you for coming. And uh, the Lord's been teaching me. He's been stretching me in the little things. How many of you know God will get your attention through little things? He'll communicate to you. I don't think it had anything to do with who my bass player was today. I think God was saying, are you relying on my spirit or are you in the flesh that you're going to worry about what it looks like in the natural? Why am I sharing that with you? Because I think some of you in this church, you've been worrying about what it looks like in the natural. And that only brings you to a place of fear. But when you look at things in the spirit and you get delivered and go, no, God's not giving me a spirit of fear. And if I would connect to the olive tree, there will be a natural, supernatural flow of his spirit that will do what I cannot do. Man makes his plans, but God ordains Graydon to play the bass when I need a bass player. That's straight gospel. Last week we learned something about it's not our ability, it's his power, which makes us able to do what he cannot. This is a house of possibilities when we connect to his spirit. Last week I zoomed in on, on the power of a spirit-filled prayer life, and today I want to discuss the power of Holy Spirit in our lives. If you would turn to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. And I want to pause because there's a lot said in that statement. I'll read it again. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of your gums flapping, but it's living by the demonstration of God's power. I want to explain to you why that's so important. Last week we talked about it a little bit. But I want to go even deeper this week. If the church would get to a place where we are constantly, and I use the word performing because it's a demonstration. It's God showing up and God showing off, not you. But where we're demonstrating miracles and signs and wonders, we are now not just talking about God, but we're literally introducing people to an encounter and an experience with him. A spirit-filled church I don't know what's changing about this, but if you can change it back, that'd be dope. A spirit-filled church demonstrates, not just talks about. And we've got to start demonstrating the power of God. God's power is, is far beyond something that we can explain. It's important when we are telling people about Jesus that we aren't just explaining, but we're leading them to an encounter and an experience with him. 
people need to experience God's power. The Greek word for power is dunamis. It means supernatural ability and strength. Everybody say dunamis. dunamis. It's a fun word, dunamis. <laughs> we should get bumper stickers, dunamis. It's the supernatural ability. It's not you. It's God. We need dunamis right now in this nation. Jesus spent about 40 days before he ascended into heaven and, and left the earth when he was here. He was giving instructions to his disciples before he ascended. And here's the last words that he referenced. And we read this last week in Acts 1-2, but I want to read it again because it's so good. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. If you remember last week, we actually read where Jesus instructed his disciples to stop and don't do anything until you've received it. Don't do a thing because otherwise it's just a bunch of talk. That's all it is. So for so many Christians, the power of Holy Spirit is the most vague part of Christianity. Guys, we got to flip that around. A Holy Spirit should be the most obvious part of Christianity. It's the attention grabber. I want to read Acts 19, verse 1 to 6. I want to see this flipped. And, you know, this happens through hunger and this happens through de uh, desperation. Acts 19, verse 1 to 6. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no. We have not seen or we have not heard of this thing called the Holy Spirit. So Paul asked then what baptism did you receive? John's, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Everybody say repentance. repentance. I want to say this. You can't have the untapped into power of Holy Spirit without repentance. Why is it? Because who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Him and her with clean hands and a pure heart. Can we, can we focus on this as a church? When we say we want more of the Holy Spirit, it means we're going to sacrifice the things that offend him. I'm going to say that again because it was very profound, and I know all of us know it, but man, living it and knowing it are two different things. You cannot have the untapped potential. You cannot get into those deep places with Holy Spirit when you're offending him at the same time. You can't. If I tick, I've learned this in marriage. If I tick Liz off and I irritate her, it's going to be hard to get her attention, and I'm really not going to experience her affection. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Till we make things right. It's the same with the Lord. So verse 4. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. And that is in Jesus. On hearing this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Can I tell you all something? I think a lot of the times while we don't lay hands on people, that they would receive the power of Holy Spirit because we're afraid it ain't going to happen when we do it because we're relying on our strength instead of the strength of the Holy Spirit. And so the church is totally freaked out because we're powerless and we know it because we're in sin and we know it. We've offended him, and then we go, okay, you're going robo-show till you ready? And they lay hands, and, and nothing happens. Why, why did nothing happen? I believe we're lacking power because we're lacking holiness in the church. We're lacking power because we're lacking holiness in the church. We want to vote for abortion, and then we want to experience the Holy Spirit. 
Oh, I just said that. You want to vote for abortion and then experience the Holy Spirit. You want to vote for a loss of freedom. You want to vote for that. Oh, well, I don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it really matters. No, the Holy Spirit is standing there when you're in the voting booth. Absolutely. He's standing there when you're in the voting booth. And this is not a Republican versus Democrat. This is not liberal versus conservative. That's not what I'm preaching. I'm preaching holiness, and it matters. Yes. Holiness matters. All holiness matters. I'm going to get bumper stickers made. All holiness matters. In every area of your life, holiness matters. Oh, I want the power of God. Well, you haven't sacrificed enough to have the power of God. You haven't sacrificed because can I tell you what holiness is? It's sacrifice. It's that little convenient sin, that little pet thing you got in your closet you don't think anybody knows except the Holy Spirit. You want to lay hands on people and see signs and wonders and miracles. And God's so good. Look what I did. You don't do it anyway. It's the Lord who does it. And pride is sin, and that will keep the Holy Spirit away. So never take credit for grade and playing bass today. I didn't do that. Holy Spirit did. Here's another story about receiving Holy Spirit in Acts 8, verse 5 to 12. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed we waste the secret weapon, <laughs> proclaimed the Messiah there. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Acts 8, verse 14 to 17, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. We talked about this a little bit last week. When they arrived, they prayed there for new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Guys, listen, that's so important that we pray for new believers and introduce them to a baptism of Holy Spirit so they can experience his power. Because can I tell you something? When you get into the presence of the Lord and you get in front of Holy Spirit, that takes care of the sin issues. Because all of a sudden you're in the presence of the Father and you don't want sin anymore. It becomes a desire, not, a, not just a command. This becomes a desire. These are not just instructions. This is now the heart. So, good. Yes. so you're seeing here that the condition for us to live a spirit-empowered life is that we receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say that because that might be a little more profound than you're thinking. The condition for us to live a spirit-empowered life is that we receive it. See, I can give Liz this microphone, but if she doesn't receive it, it's not going to be in her hands. She has to receive it. So I can pray for you to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you have to receive it. You have to extend your hand and receive it. You have to, in your heart, say, I want this, and I'm desperate, and no matter what happens, I'm going to get it. Because I've seen Christians get frustrated over and over and over again. They want the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the manifestation of speaking in tongues. Yes, I'm going to go there. This church believes in that. And they get frustrated that they can't robo-shoto. And they believe, okay, but I have Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something? At this church, the belief, by the way, just so you know, and this is important. It's secondary doctrine, but it's important. I believe that you can have the infilling of Holy Spirit and not have the manifestation of the speaking of tongues. I know that because when I was a kid, I had prophetic words, but I couldn't speak in tongues. And it frustrated me. But 
There came a moment where I was in the presence of the Lord where it all happened. Don't get frustrated because it ain't up to you anyway. Just get into the presence. Keep your heart pure. Keep your hands clean. And the rest, just trust the Lord. It's that easy. It's that simple. We overcomplicate this thing. And I don't believe that anybody who doesn't pray in tongues is less than. I don't. But I do believe we're always supposed to desire more than. Okay? So you're seeing here the condition of a spirit-empowered life is that we receive you got to take this thing. And you may ask why we receive salvation, why we can't just receive salvation in the Holy Spirit and just get it done in one package. Let me explain to you this. God wanted salvation to be simple. Salvation is a free gift. You repent and salvation is yours. Salvation is not the end of the journey, though. It's the beginning. Salvation readies the heart for us to now pursue God that we can see that infilling. And I, I like to take time with Christians that, that just receive the Lord. Sometimes, you know, I'll pray over them right there and say, okay, you want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? I don't have a problem with that. But there's times where somebody needs to marinate in the presence of God and allow God to do some things in their heart where they understand what they just committed to. And I think in the church, we, we get all excited because they prayed the prayer. But listen, if a heart's not changed that's pursuing God, that was just a prayer. A.W. Tozer, I posted a quote of his. There's a change that comes. There is a change that comes. If I don't see the evidence of our generation, oh, you're just judging me. No, we're not judging you. The Bible says by their fruit, you'll know them. If I don't see a change, we got an issue. And iron sharpens iron, so I want to provoke you. And by the way, you can't provoke if you ain't living it. There's that. I, I don't understand why they're not provoked because in your prayer, you're, you have this prayer closet and then you have this porn closet and they don't, they don't go together. Oh, I just said that. You want to look at pornography at 5 o'clock. Actually, it probably would go the other way around. You, you want to get in the spirit at 5 o'clock and then 2 o'clock in the morning look at pornography and you wonder why God ain't moving. That's why. I got, got a prophetic word for you. I want to say this. I have a friend... Let's give you this little story. He lives in Atlanta, and uh, <laughs> it's all about like the restaurant and the coffee culture in Atlanta. It trips out over it, loves it, loves it. And I said to him, I said, hey, there's a, there's a coffee shop in your city that um, it's, it's called Yellow Chrome. Just give a shout out to Yellow Chrome. One of my favorite coffee shops um, that Liz's cousin introduced us to a while back. And so I told him about this. He lives in Atlanta, actually right down the road, and had no clue about it. I said, hey, there's this coffee shop. You need to go and check out this coffee shop. He's like, dude, you're not telling me about coffee in Atlanta. Come on. You live in Charlotte. This is Atlanta. I know all the good coffee spots. I said, bro, just try it. And I get this text like two days later. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Best coffee I've ever had. <laughs> and here's my point. Like my friend who grew up in Atlanta and lived there his whole life, but he didn't know about this coffee place that was right down the block that he lived right down there from. Maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe you're twice my age. Some of y'all in this room are. I wrote that for you. But I'm telling you, if you will go there and open your heart to the Holy Spirit, you might be living right down the block from something that is untapped into that you have no clue that he's got for you. Amen. And if you'll do it, I expect to get that text. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
best presence of God I've ever felt. God has more for you, but you have to be willing to go there. And I'm a little emotional about it because God's dealing with me on this issue. Are you willing to sacrifice that little pet thing that keeps my presence from taking you where I want to take you? You know what the problem with the church is? There is no brokenness in the church anymore. We don't anguish over the things that God anguishes over. We don't pay any attention to the fact that there is right now a church in Afghanistan that at any minute, guys, what, what's going on there is tragic. And by the way, our nation let that happen. And by the way, there will be a price to pay for that. Yeah, I believe that we're stepping into a season of incredible judgment on this nation because of things that are going on, issues of unrighteousness. Now, I also know that there's a scripture for those who go, well, that's, that doesn't sound very hope covenant. <laughs> Let me give you the hope covenant. If my people will humble themselves and start anguishing over what my heart anguishes over, I will heal their land and change it and save you and rescue you. But there's that clause there. If my people will wake up and smell the coffee of my spirit, if they'll smell the fact that the Holy Spirit is that accessible, the Holy Spirit will completely change the narrative, the trajectory, call it what you want. He will change it. But we got to get desperate and we got to get the sin out of our life. Oh, that's not a popular message in 2021. Nobody wants to hear about sacrifice. Nobody wants to hear that you need to get out of your house and get out of your PJs and get into the temple of the Holy Ghost so you could. Ex you know why we're so big on, by the way, the Bible says don't forsake the assembling. And I'm not picking on any of y'all that are homesick. So please don't think that. That's not, a, that's not meant to heap condemnation on you. This is to convict those of you that are casually sitting home in your Mickey Mouse pajamas, wondering why you're not experiencing the Holy Ghost like all of us that sacrifice. Because sacrifice matters. It matters. And it's time for a generation to get disciplined. And when we get disciplined, we experience the outpour. That's why I won't pray for you if you go, would you just pray for me that I would get into the presence of God? No, I'm not going to pray for you. Get in the presence of God. I'll pray for you to put it in your calendar. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just put it in your calendar. Just hand me your phone. I'm about to wrap up. Here's the letter that was written to the Christians in the Bible. Ephesians 4 verse 30. This is the message version. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for himself. Can I read that again? Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life. And it makes you fit for God himself. His presence readies you for him. Think about that. And it says, don't take such a gift for granted. In other words, don't overlook this accessibility that you have to God that will change you and make you ready for God. Man, that blows my mind. 
You guys know I'm a little systematic. I've got that side of me that I, I'm, I'm, I've got that temperament. I want to give you three steps. If we want more from the Holy Spirit, here's three steps that we must take. It's in you version, but I want to encourage you to take notes. If we want more from the Holy Spirit, we must remove the barriers that keep us all from, God, from all that God has for me. Remove the barriers that keep me from all that God has for me. We tend to avoid what we're afraid of or what we don't understand. Please don't let this hold you back from the Holy Spirit. We must trust God in James 1.17. It says every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power that we read about in the Bible is accessible today. I, love, I, I, I shouldn't say I love. I don't understand. The argument of God's power is not the same today that it is in the Bible. I don't get that. We must repent for things that separate us from God. In Acts 2, verse 38 to 39, Peter replied, Repent and then be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the Holy Spirit. So sin blocks the Holy Spirit and his power from operating through you. Right there, I gave you scripture. Now it's legal, okay? The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off. Can I tell you all parents who are wondering about your kids right now, the promise is for you and for your children. Say this out loud. The promise is for me and my kiddos. Stop worrying about your kids. You raise them and hand them to the Lord and let God handle the rest. You say, are you preaching to me? Absolutely. Are you singling me out? I, got, I, got, I had somebody tell me a couple weeks ago, you were looking at me. No, the Holy Spirit was looking at you. I just looked at you. I, I didn't know I was looking at you. And I trust me, I wasn't looking at you. Okay? Let's not be that narcissistic. Let's repent. I'm, I'm sorry. I, God's mercy. I'm not like way up there on mercy. I'm working on it. Sin and God's spirit don't mix. Psalms 24, verse 3 to 5. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? We just read that. But I want to keep reading this because there's more to it. Who may stand in the holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they receive, they will receive, say will receive, receive. blessing from the Lord and vindication. I love that word. You not only receive blessing, but you receive vindication. Man, I don't know about any of y'all, but there are times I need vindication like, hey, the guy is authentic, okay? You receive vindication. Number two, if you want more from the Holy Spirit, we must ask God to give me all that he has for me. God has things that are accessible, but the Bible does say ask and you'll receive. You know why we don't have right now, many of us, because we don't have the boldness to ask. Just ask and you'll receive. All that, God, all that, all that we have is not all that God has. God has more. We need to ask God to give us revelation and impartation of his spirit. I ask for that every day. I'll wake up and say, okay, God, what are you going to reveal for me today? I believe that you're not only going to reveal this, but then don't just show it to me. Impart it to me. I want this in me. Don't just talk to me about it. Do it. Lay hands. I'll lay here all day if you need me to. We need to leave our comfort zones to get all that God has. And I want to read this. Here's a prophecy in Ezekiel. It's a picture story. I love picture stories. And there's lots of those in the Bible. And this is about the New Testament church. By the way, that's you. That's us. The New Testament church. And this is a picture from Ezekiel. I love this. 
Ezekiel 47, 3 to 5. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, so he was measuring this, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. Now, I would say this. Salvation is this moment. It's ankle deep. When you get saved and you're, you're accepting the Lord, you're ankle deep, okay? You're putting your foot in the water and saying, yes, Lord, I want you. So I'm going to liken that to salvation here. Verse 4. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. So now we're convicted. We're getting rid of sin. We're going deeper now. We're jumping into the river. We're jumping in. He measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was waist deep. Okay, now it's starting to get dangerous. So, so we're, we're, we're getting free, but we're still wanting a little bit of control. Anybody ever deal with that? Like, okay, we're getting free, but we still want, we're, we're waist deep, but we're not totally immersed yet. But, you know, I don't, mm, let's just kind of feel the water, see how this feels. It's a fight between our flesh and the spirit. Verse 5, he measured off another thousand. But now it was a river that we could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in it, a river that no one could cross. So now we're surrendering and we're letting go. And this is the place we all need to get to in order to have more of the spirit of the Lord and be in his spirit. God's spirit is in control and taking me where I, where he wants me to go at that point. We need to fully jump into the river of God. I want to ask you to fully dive into the river of God. Don't just go ankle or knee or waist. Jump totally in and let him take you. Because can I tell you something? When you give up and you let God, he will take you places you could never go. When you jump into the river. Ezekiel 47, 9, swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh so the river flows every so where the river flows sorry everything will live so we find life and multiplication in the, in God's spirit that's what that verse is saying we find life and multiplication of that life can i tell y'all something if you're saved and you possess the holy spirit and you don't ever multiply and you don't ever see people saved and see people delivered you're not doing your job because Holy Spirit does not want to be confined. It wants to be shared. That's the mission. Remember, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. In other words, don't be selfish and just hold on to what you have. To whom much is given, much is required. And number three, this is the last point. If you want more from the Holy Spirit, we must develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Why did Jesus put such a priority on telling his own trained disciples to sit still and do nothing till they receive the Holy Spirit? Don't do, wait, wait right before he ascended to heaven because you need the Holy Spirit to guide you and to comfort you in times like these. We're the New Testament church. We're living with the power of Holy Spirit and we need him more now than ever. Paul said this to the church of Corinth, and I claim it over Hope Covenant Church today. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, this is the message. The amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
Could we read that together? Could we read it out loud together? 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It's on the screen. The amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of Holy Spirit be with me. Now I want to ask you this, and we're going to pray. Why would any of us want to do life without the friendship and guidance of Holy Spirit? Think about that. Not just the guidance, but the friendship of. You want to be friends with God? You need to start hanging out with him. You need to start marinating to where he frees you and delivers you. Not even because anybody laid their hands on you, but because you were in his presence, you were changed. I had somebody text me this week that said, I am dealing with such fear. I said, are you in the presence of God? Well, no. I, well, I knew that because God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. By the way, I looked into the mirror and realized I was dealing with the same thing, so I didn't point fingers at that person. If you're dealing with fear, you need to get into the presence. If you want more, you need to get into the presence. If you don't want more, you need to get into the presence. In other words, you need to get into the presence. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray. Father, right now we say this as a church. Father, we're asking you to give us a heart of desperation where we don't have one. We're asking you to stir up hunger within this church. We're asking you to stir up the spirit. Father, we want to go places with you that we've never been before as a church. We want to lift up our voices and pray with authority. We want to see your power unlocked. And how do we see this thing activated? We lift our voices and we see your presence. And so right now, Father, as a church, we just lift our voices in the spirit. If you've got a prayer language, I want to encourage you to begin to pray. Let's just lift up our voices and stir up the presence of God in this place. Because I don't just want to talk about it today. I want to see an outpouring of the spirit of God. And so, Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for your presence. We thank you for your power, and we thank you for authority. And right now, we lift up our voices, and we ask you that you would forever change us. In Jesus' name, come on. In just 60 seconds, just pray in the Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Jesus, that you're changing things, that you're turning it all around in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift him up. Lord, we ask you for more. We ask you for more. Loose your spirit on this church, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to ask you this. If you're here with every eye closed, if you want more of God and you're not satisfied with where you're at, if you don't have your prayer language and you want it, I want to encourage you. Come and see Liz and I after service. We'll pray with you. Listen, guys, the power of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means you have the ability to go places in His Spirit. If you're online and you've never experienced it before, send a direct message. We'd love to be in touch with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'll call you. We'll call you. We'll have somebody on our team call you. I want to encourage you to do that. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we're not a powerless church. A scared world needs a fearless church, and so we declare your power, which takes care of that. Yeah. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you shout out amen? Amen. I love y'all. I love y'all. Hey, next week, you guys can be seated just for a second. Next week, we'll do part three. And uh, we're going to dig deeper and deeper and deeper in this. Can I tell you, there's a part of the church that's so freaked out about this authority thing. 
And I can't wait to start demonstrating and seeing what God does. That it opens the eyes of those that have never seen before because it's real. It's real. How many of you are pumped about that? Man, I recall, I recall moments when I was a kid where we would worship and somebody would have a, somebody, somebody would have, they would start speaking in their, their prayer language and then you see the interpretation. Remember those days? We need to bring those days back. We need to see those days back again. The church has gotten way too sexy and performance oriented and not spirit led. And we've got to see that change because when we do, it's going to grow and it's going to blow up and we're going to experience it. So good. I love you guys. If you would, um, again, if you need prayer for anything, you can come see Liz and I. Um, we're going to see the spirit move. We are announcing in the next couple of weeks what we're doing with corporate prayer as a church because we're going to start going and pressing in. We've got a plan that we're going to unveil either next week or the week after about corporate prayer. want to encourage you to fast on Wednesday. We'll see you all next week. I love you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.